From our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace, mercy, and peace are yours. The word of God for our meditation is the epistle lesson heard earlier, part of which I reread. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. This is God's word. The children of God can't hardly get away from all the hype that we hear on television about the big game today. It's kind of interesting to listen to people talk about it. They'll say, well, I'm not so much interested in the game itself, but because I'm not, I'm not a Patriots fan and I'm not an Eagles fan, I want to look at the commercials and see what they're like because they're usually pretty good. Well, as we consider this game, and that's really what this day is about, except for us who are worshiping our Lord and Savior here this morning, there's going to be somebody who loses, and there's going to be somebody who wins. The glory of winning and the agony defeat. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? You know, it's really wonderful that we as children of God, as we gather here today and every day of our lives, we are on the winning team. We know who won. Jesus Christ overcame the devil never fell into any of the devil's temptations. Jesus Christ overcame death, having been executed on the cross, placed in the grave. Three days later, he bodily rose from the grave, conquering death for us. That's our victory. And he has also forgiven us all of our sins having taken all of them away with his innocent suffering and death on the cross. That indeed is our victory in Christ Jesus our Lord. The problem that we as Christians sometimes, well, we feel it's a problem, is that in our lives, even though we have those victories in our Lord Jesus Christ, we many times feel like we're downtrodden, like we're losing the battle, like Satan is in control. And we look at this word of God for our meditation and we're reminded, no, Satan's not in control. Well, yes, we have to watch out for him, but he's not in control. Even though we at times have to suffer. He's not in control. We look at this word of God and we're going to consider as our main thought victorious cross bearers. How do we be victorious when we're carrying a cross in our lives? Our Lord Jesus said that 
if we want to follow him, we should take up our cross and follow him. That's not always an easy task. In fact, there are many times when our sinful nature rebels against such a thought. Some of you probably have heard this little story that I'm going to share with you. I went to the Lord one day and said, Lord, I don't like the cross I have to carry. It is just too uncomfortable for me. And the Lord said, well, okay, come into my storeroom. And you look around, and if there's one that you see there that you'd like to carry, then you can have that one. So I went into this room and I looked around and I said, oh, there's one that's, oh, that's pretty small. I'd be a little ridiculous carrying that little cross around. And, oh, there's that one over there in the corner, solid gold. It's just beautiful. It's so gleaming. And I went over and tried to pick it up and couldn't because it was too heavy. There was another one that was all glorious and full of roses and just beautiful picked it up, it, it felt okay, except all of a sudden I realized there were all kinds of thorns along with those roses, and it wasn't comfortable to carry. Looked around some more, and finally I saw one over there, and I said, oh, well, hey, I, that one looks kind of good, and I picked it up and said, yeah, this feels really good. Lord, I think I'll, I'll take this one if it's all right. And the Lord said, okay. And I looked at it, and all of a sudden found out it was the one that the Lord had given me already. We have crosses to bear and carry. We don't always like to. Sometimes we succumb, we complain, we aren't satisfied with the crosses that our Lord gives us in our lives. He tells us, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. Humble. All kinds of examples in scripture of people who were humble. Jacob, the night before he met his brother Esau, wrestled with the Lord. And he confessed, Lord, I am not worthy of all the mercies and of all the truth that you have shown your servant. Many years earlier, when he left home, he had nothing but the clothes on his back. And now he had a large family and lots of herds, lots of flocks. In humility, he confessed, Lord, I'm not worthy of this. We might think of the centurion who came to the Lord one day and said, Lord, would you please heal my servant? And the Lord said, okay, we'll go. And the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under the roof of my house. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Humility. Great humility. In another way, we look at the greatest example that we have of humility, and that's our Lord Jesus himself who humbled himself and became obedient, obedient to death, even death on the cross. He became obedient to his heavenly Father and our heavenly Father 
so that he could be our savior. And even cost him his life on a cross. And we might say, was that victorious? Yes, it was. Because even though Satan may have been laughing when Jesus gave up his life, even though the enemies of Jesus may have said, oh, we finally took care of him. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. That cross was simply an instrument that God used to put his son on, to punish his son, so that we might have the forgiveness of sins so that we wouldn't have to endure the anguish that he went through. And yes, we could say, yes, he won. We sing along with the hymn writer in the cross of Christ thy glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. Victorious cross bearers. It begins with humility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. And, and notice, it's, don't humble yourselves under Satan. The Lord doesn't say that at all. But under God's mighty hand, recognizing that he is in control. Thursday night when I stood here, I told the congregation there have been 34 deaths due to the flu. Yesterday, I heard that that number was in the 50s. I wonder how high it's going to go. Can you avoid getting the flu? We do certain things, yes. We wash our hands. We use that liquid stuff that Pastor Sims has. After he shakes your hands back there, he's going to go back here and he's got a big bottle of this stuff sitting on his desk. <laughs> sure, you do certain things to avoid getting the flu. Get rid of those germs. But ultimately, the Lord may send a cross in our lives for us to bear, which might be in the form of the flu. And we can then humbly say, okay, Lord, I know that you're in control. I know that you and your word have said that I shouldn't think that I'm sufficient of myself in any way because our sufficiency is from God. So we humble ourselves under his mighty hand. And then we take all of our cares and cast them on him. All of our anxieties and say, Lord, please help me. The way this is worded here, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. The thought of an anxiety carries with it the thought that our attention is diverted to something else on, instead of on what it should be focusing. Listen to the children sing earlier about our eyes looking to the cross of Christ and viewing it in a different way, in a way that 
realize we have a Savior. As we go through life, there are so many things where Satan will mislead us. He'll want us to focus our attention on something that we really shouldn't be focused on. Focus on your God, your Lord, and your Savior. That comes first. Cast all your anxiety on him. Take all your cares to him, the little ones as well as the big ones. It's amazing that when we're going through life, we see a mountain in front of ourselves and say, oh, I don't know, I'm going to get around that thing. But, you know, it's not the mountains that trip us up. It's the little quarter or half inch raise in the sidewalk. We're walking along and all of a sudden we trip over that. And we fall and stumble. And we get injured. The little anxieties that you have, take them to the Lord also. Because he cares for you. He's the creator of the world. He became a human being like we are. He showed his love for us. So, my dear children, how do you become victorious cross bearers? Let the Lord take care of your problems. Oh, that doesn't mean that we can do anything we want to. Not at all. We have to be careful. We avoid dangers that only make sense. We look at this word of God and we're also reminded that we should be alert. We should be of a sober mind, recognizing that the devil's always around looking for those whom he may devour. He's going around like a roaring lion and he'll do anything he can to destroy you do anything he can to get you to focus on him or things of this world and not on your Lord and Savior. He'll want you to be filled with anxiety. He'll want you to worry. Roaring lion, looking for those whom he may devour. And I can't help but think, and I haven't been there yet, I can't help but wonder how I'm going to feel on my deathbed. You see, I have an old sinful nature, an old sinful nature that does not trust God, an old sinful nature that thinks that it can be a victorious crossbear by itself. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be looking around and saying, oh, my, what's going to happen to me when I die? I haven't been there yet. And all I have to do is look at the word of God. And our Lord tells us what's going to happen. He's going to carry us on, was it angels, to our heavenly home. So when we die, our soul will be with our Lord and Savior in heaven. That's because he was victorious. So my dear children, even then, when we face death, we can be victorious. 
because of our gracious God and all that he has done for us. It's no wonder that Peter closes with this word of God, the words, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, he's called you so that you can be his children and inherit everlasting life, which he's prepared for you in heaven. After you have suffered a little while, oh, how we don't like to do that. After you have suffered a while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Old Testament lesson talked about running and not growing weary and tired and soaring on eagle's wings. You know Olympics are going to start next week. How many of you know Eddie the Eagle? Ever heard of that guy? I'm sure that some of you have. 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary, Canada. Eddie the Eagle weighed 20 more pounds than the next lightest guy. He was overweight. Eddie the Eagle was nearsighted. He had to wear glasses while he was skiing. And sometimes when he was wearing the goggles over his glasses, his glasses fogged up a little bit. He had a great disadvantage. Eddie the Eagle, and I'm, I'm always amazed at this when I watch this. It's one of my favorite events in the Winter Olympics. You go down this great big ski slope, 70 meters, sometimes 90 meters, and you just sail out in the air soar like eagle's wings. Eddie the Eagle came in last place. He was a ski jumper from England, the last one. But he soared. Looked like all the disadvantages were there. In our lives, it might look like there's so many disadvantages, and we suffer. And we say, dear Lord, and our Lord would come to us and say, I'm going to let you soar like eagles. I want you to know that I am your almighty God. One day, you'll get to soar into heaven. So, to our gracious God, the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, to him be praised glory and honor. Through him we are victorious crosshairs. Amen.